0: Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life, and I'm Katie Sewell. This show is a journey. For all of you explorers of the world, traveling or living abroad, permanently or temporarily, reminiscing about when you lived in a different culture, or looking for the next chapter after getting home, I hope you enjoy our company and the international authors, journalists, and expats that join us as guests. If you've never heard the show before, I encourage you to go back to the beginning and come along for the whole journey or jump around as soon as you get a sense of things. Most of all, we're really glad you're here.
1: This episode of The Bittersweet Life is brought to you by Stackery. Stackery is the global leader in international parcel forwarding from the U.S. With Stackery.com, you can shop at any U.S. retailer and ship anywhere at prices up to 80% less than directly from the store. Stackery also provides free storage, same-day consolidation of your packages, and a tax-free U.S. address. As a Bittersweet Life listener, save 10% off your first shipment by using the coupon MANJA.
0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell.
1: I'm Tiffany Parks.
0: (laughs) Hi, Tiffany.
1: Hey, Katie.
0: Today on the show, a very exciting first appearance from our intern, Estrella Gomez. Today's show topic actually was proposed by Estrella. And so rather than just read off her texts describing to me what it was that she thought we should talk about, I decided to get her on Skype in Rome, interview her, get her opinions, have her on the show for the first time because we've been wanting to anyway, and hear what she had to say from her mouth herself. And just to set up this little piece of tape that we're going to open the show with, Astrea, in addition to being our star intern on this program, she does teach English in Rome, teaches Native Italian speakers, how to speak English. Adults. So when she talks about teaching, she is talking about teaching native Italians. All right. So without further ado, here is Estrella.
2: Yeah. So I was talking to a couple of students of mine and I was talking to one in particular where we were discussing, where we were just mentioning her relationship. And she told me that she has been in a relationship for like six years now. And so I was like, oh, are you You are you planning on getting married? Her answer kind of surprised me because normally at that point in a relationship, you would start to consider that or you would want to do that. She's a lawyer, so she works a lot. And uh, the answer she gave me was a bit surprising for me, I guess, um, because she told me that she didn't want to get married because she didn't want to sacrifice her career or she didn't want to work less hours. Her getting married would mean she would need to be at home more to attend to her husband and take care of the needs of the house and things like that. And that's when I just thought to myself that this girl is my age. She's in her late 20s and she this is her mentality. And I guess this is the mentality that she grew up with, that a woman has to have a specific role. And, you know, she isn't able to build her career and be successful with her career while still being married with her companion.
0: So was that so wildly different than what you since you've been living in Rome on and off for the last two years? Was that perspective wildly different from what you perceived was the truth from living in Rome as what what the reality would be for Italian men and women these days?
2: Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that too much. Like I knew that was probably the case for like older people but not someone my age. I didn't think that would be the case. I thought I don't know things would be a little more liberal, I guess. I don't know. So I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah. You mentioned in your when you first presented this as a topic idea, you also talk about another student of yours, a 21-year-old someone who's younger. What did he have to say?
2: So we were reading something in a book about how The amount of housework between a man and a woman has changed over time since like the 1960s in the UK specifically. And then I asked him what his opinion about that was. And he told me that he thinks that men and women in a relationship have a very specific role. And that is for the woman to be at home, take care of the kids, you know, attend to the needs of the house, while the man is the one who works and provides. For the family, he said that he doesn't believe in daycares. He doesn't believe in leaving children with strangers while both parents are at work. He says, he says that the kids should be with the mother and they should not be left with strangers. They should be with the mother while their mother is raising them. And this is how it has been in Italy and this is how it's going to be. He was just very stern on this and he was very close-minded about this, basically. Someone as young as he is, it was kind of disappointing that he had this mentality because i think that in today's day and age no matter where you live i feel like the thought of a man and a woman both contributing to a really in a relationship should be universal not just in one country but i guess it's just very traditional here in that respect i couldn't uh agree with him in that sense i was i just found it really interesting that he stood so strongly behind this opinion.
0: So you're from the United States. What would your expectation be? What would you
2: expect a relationship or a marriage to be like from your point of view? From my point of view, I feel like if both parts of the relationship are willing and able to contribute and, you know, have a job and do equal parts housework and equal, equal parts labor, then I think that's the way it should be because that's how I've always known it to be since I was young, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with the roles being equal in that sense. I don't think one person should do more than the other. I mean, it depends on the situation, but that's how I see it, and I think that's how it should be, actually. So.
0: And would you agree with him about anything? Like, would you
2: ideally want to have one of the parents at home with the kid? I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. I think it's okay if... If they have the means to do it that way, then sure. But I don't think this is the way it should be. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it either. Like, I feel like if the mother or the father wants to be stay-at-home parent, then that's fine. But I don't necessarily think this is the route that I automatically should be.
0: Since you're a woman and you come from a woman's perspective, what was it about finding out about these traditional values or roles that these people were concerned about or expecting made you feel depressed?
2: Because it's like women have advanced so much now in the things that we are able to do and what we're able to provide than just the typical caregiving, nurturing side of us. And the fact that some people still don't see that as something we're able to do is kind of unfortunate because... We're able to provide so much more than that now, and we have opportunities that we didn't have back in the day. So I think for people not to realize that is is kind of sad because, you know, the world is advancing so much, and now women are able to do things that they weren't able to do before. So why limit us to what we used to do and not so much more than that?
1: I found her comments really interesting. Because they were
3: actually surprising to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can kind of
0: understand
3: the sentiment. But like her, I, I'm i surprised that it's coming
1: from people so young.
3: Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm i sitting here, though, thinking maybe it was just these two two random people. Like, do these two random people really represent all Italians of that age or most of them? I'd like to think no. But... I do come into contact socially with a lot of Italians. Of course, I'm very close to my husband's family. Too close, you might say. (laughs) (laughs) Way too close. And that includes, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles as well, like the extended family. And I work with Italians and I am socially interacting with the parents at my kids' daycare, and lots of young parents and families, and single people who live in my building. Although I don't have a lot of close Italian friends, I have a couple, I come into contact with a lot of Italians. And I'm nevertheless surprised, especially at what the um, woman said. That she wouldn't want to get married. That she wouldn't want to get married. Yeah, because she would feel like she would have to sort of downgrade her career. And I feel like that might be a reason that you wouldn't want to have kids. And that could be, it could be international, you know, and that could be an American woman saying the same thing. Although she might be less likely to, because we Americans are kind of taught that you can have it all. And in Italy, they're much more, they're less idealistic in that way. But the the thought that you would have to take your career down a notch so you could tend to your husband's needs, I find that way of thinking to be truly antiquated, even by Italian standards. I'm just
0: surprised. So you haven't seen any inkling of that. I mean, I, you can only speak from your own experience. But, yeah. And from the people you know, I suppose. But. You haven't seen any inkling of that in the way it just seems culturally to operate within Roman culture.
3: It's not so much a cultural thing as a necessity thing. Salaries are very low in Italy when you compare them with the cost of living, especially in a city like Rome. Maybe if you live in a very small town, the typical Italian salary might be enough. But in Rome, life is very expensive compared to the salaries. And it's very, very difficult. I mean, the average salary is somewhere between 1200 and 1500 euros a month
0: which is about what rent would be for a studio
3: no it's more than a studio but it's about what rent would be on a nice apartment for a family not for a single person a single person could get something for a lot less than that but it's not a lot of money when you consider what you have to pay for gas gas is very expensive here bills electricity is very expensive you know it's just not it's not a lot of money so most couples they both have to work to really have any kind of a decent kind of life. Now, that said, I see a lot of couples who, when they decide to have kids, the wife stops working. Um, So in that case, yes, she's right that there is, I don't feel like it's an expectation though. I feel like it's something that some women do because either they don't have a job that, they don't have a decent contract, a steady contract. So when they go on maternity leave, they lose their jobs, which if you have the kind of contract that I have, it's not legal. But unfortunately, not everybody has that kind of contract. So either they lose their job, and they don't feel that they can get another job in that moment in their life, which I totally understand. Or I guess they just decide that, like so many women in many different countries do, they decide they want to be present 24-7 those first few years, and they decide to do that. But then there are plenty of women who go back to work as well. So it's not one way or the other way. I will say that I recently read an article, and I, I'll try to find it so I can put it on the website, but I recently read an article that was saying that unemployment for new mothers, actually just mothers in general in Italy, is very, very high. So it's very common for women to have a job, then have a kid, and, and not go back to work. I guess my question is, is it because they don't want to go back to work? Is it because they can't find a job Or is it because of a cultural thing that's telling them they shouldn't go back to work? And I don't have the answer to that. But I will say that there are a lot of families out there, the majority, the vast majority, where for the man to have the full responsibility financially of the family is a huge burden. And so it surprises me that, and I mean, again, I I, I could be totally wrong on this. My husband could be the exception. But I just find it hard to imagine that a man, even an Italian man, would be like, okay, I will work overtime and work weekends and kill myself and we'll downgrade to a smaller apartment and we won't have enough money to go out, but at least you'll be able to be home with the kids and you'll be able to iron my socks. I just don't buy it. And I'm sure that there are some men who think that way, but I don't think it's a common thing, especially if there's no kids involved.
0: Do you think that there's a cultural expectation that if you get married, you will have kids? Actually no.
3: Uh, Italy has one of the lowest birth rates in the um, Europe right now. Uh, every single year the birth rate goes down. It's a problem in this country. People are worried that 20 years from now, the generation that's now in their 40s or early 50s when they start to retire, there aren't going to be enough young people working to be able to pay into the pension for the older people, for the retirees. So Uh, It's a big problem. And a lot of people are not having kids. And the main reason that they're not having kids is because they don't have enough money.
0: So it's not that they're not getting married. I think they're
3: probably getting married less than they used to. But that's the same. But that's true in America, too. People get married later. Italians also get married later, even later than Americans. That reason is also financial. I think that I think Americans and I'm, I'm totally generalizing here. So please don't take me the wrong way. But I think in general, Americans are more, quote unquote, adventurers. And I can see two young people who are in college or have just graduated saying, hey, let's get married. We're in this together. We'll get a dive apartment and we'll make it work, you know. And they do it. And they do what they've got to do. And a lot of them go on to have really great lives. In Italy, I feel like young Italians are not going to get married until they have their own home. They've bought their own home. Hmm. And they have some kind of financial stability, really stable jobs. It's very important to them. It's something in the way that they were raised. There's an expression in Italy that's not even an expression. It's just something, it's just a vocabulary word. They use the word sistemare, which means like to, I can't, the English version of this word is not even coming to me. It sort of means to put in place or to, to set up. So parents always say okay devo sistemare mio primo figlio like i have to system i have to like get my son set up and what that means is make sure he has a job make sure he has a place to live if possible help him buy his own home get your child in a in a spot where they're i would use the word self sufficient except that's not what it is because you're doing it for them <laughs> so these kids right. they <laughs> no it's funny i was i was literally having coffee with an American friend of mine who is married to an Italian and she's a bit older than me. Her kids are all like her youngest has just started college. And we actually use that expression. She's like, oh, I finally sistemato my like my youngest kid. I'm so relieved. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Pride and Prejudice. I'm thinking, of course, of the one, the classic BBC one, the old one. But at the end of the movie, the mother is watching her daughter's who've just gotten married. And she says, three daughters married. I can't remember what expression she uses, but she just says, Oh, I'm so like just I'm so really who would have thought how 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 good God is to us or something like that. Three daughters married. And that's the kind of thing. It's not necessarily married in Italy. It's job, house, good stable contract. So there's something about having this sort of comfortable life that is steady and stable. That is such a huge priority for an Italians and it's probably there are probably cultural reasons for it that go back to the post war period when there was so much poverty I'm sure you can find the cause for it somewhere, but you see it in the young people and how they make their life choices and You see young people who aren't willing to get married because they don't have good jobs and they don't have a home. And they're even less likely to bring a child into the world in a situation like that.
0: So when it came to Claudio marrying you, was he in that same class where he had to be set up by his family to be prepared to marry his (laughs) American (laughs) bride? Well, the good
3: thing was we both had... Actually, I didn't have a steady job when we got married. I got my job that I have now with the contract that I have now about a year after we got married. He had a very stable job though, with a very like lifetime contract sort of thing, had really good benefits and all this kind of thing. We did not have a home. We were living actually we weren't even living together when we when we got engaged. We eventually moved into a place together, but it was the rental. And so no, we really weren't systemati when we got married, but maybe this just was my influence on him that i was kind of like why would we wait we're not spring chickens so we want to be together and we want to get married so
0: i think i've asked you before and i can't remember if you actually could answer it or not but and maybe it's impossible to answer but it fits in this topic is claudio somehow different than the typical italian man or is any italian man that ends up with a an expat rather than a local somehow different. I guess I asked because I was thinking of a friend of mine that lives in Thailand who has been there for 12 years and I asked him if he was going to stay forever and he said, well, the only reason I would leave would be because I might want to get married someday. He has found not only that dating Thai women is challenging, but really Thai women's families don't particularly want their daughters to marry an American guy in many cases. So I was just sort of wondering, is he different somehow? I think that any Italian man
3: who would marry a foreign woman is, is a little bit different. I don't know if they're vastly different, but somebody who's a little more open-minded, who would marry, especially someone from such a different culture. A Spanish bride might not be so different than an American. I wrote in a blog post about this years ago. I don't even remember if we were married yet. But it's called, Are Italian Women Really Unhappy? (laughs) So you can find that on my blog, tiffany-parks.com, if you search for it. The reason I wrote that was because I read an article in some kind of, not tabloid, but let's just say it wasn't the New York Times. I think it was a Telegraph or something like that. Anyway, it was this survey of European women, and they found that Italian women were the quote-unquote most unhappy. It was kind of a, one of those things, it was like clickbait, really, because if you went and read the article, it was not that serious of a, it was very like specific little things. But one of the things that was very, very different for Italian women was they were very insatisfied with the division of household chores. And so I wrote this article, basically, or this blog post, basically talking about how, how the Italian men I know who are married to American women are very different usually cook and clean and yada 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 anyway
0: so they're thereby they are less happy (laughs) 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 happy. (laughs) what they didn't bet on but i
3: after almost seven years of marriage and a baby i will tell you that the man that i gushed about in that blog post mm, he's not quite so good anymore (laughs) (laughs) um I will tell you, he definitely cleans a lot more than I do, but I p- kind of think that's because he's a neat freak.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, isn't he the one that's like the moment you dirty a dish, it should be washed? Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm kind of like that too.
0: I'm close to that, but I'm willing to yeah, let it sit Me too. No,
3: he's, he's, very, he's very much a neat freak. And so he does the majority of the cleaning and that kind of stuff. But I definitely think I do more than him he would totally disagree on that but i do think part of that is his italianness i don't want it to sound like he does nothing like i said he does almost all the cleaning but especially with childcare i find with the kind of like boring stuff <laughs> like i kind of am the one who ends up doing that and i think that part of that was like the sort of excuse that maybe some new fathers make, oh, he wants you, you know, he wants you, he's always asking for you. And of course I was breastfeeding at the beginning for (laughs) quite a while actually. And so that was another sort of, I don't want to use the word excuse, but whether you are using it consciously as an excuse or not, I think it becomes an excuse. Oh, he just wants to breastfeed, he needs you, he prefers you. And so, and I think mothers may play into this themselves as well. Oh, you don't know what you're doing, just give him to me, kind of thing. The problem with that is if you let that go on, then it becomes a habit. And so I do bedtime every night. And every so often, I'm like, why don't you do bedtime? And they'll say, he wants you.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you explain why Claudia would have been different? Let's think back to that man you were gushing about in that blog post. <laughs> you would say that he'd have to be a any man that marries an expat would be slightly different or more open-minded maybe or at least less traditional let's just say
3: well first but first of all let me specify that i'm talk. i'm not talking about just any expat in the article particularly i talk about anglo-saxon expats okay anglo-saxon women in general um because i feel like we have been raised at least our generation and younger have been raised with the idea that men should do just as much as women do so I'm not speaking for other cultures I think Italians are very traditional and they're also very likely to follow in the paths that their parents make and it's why so many sons of doctors become doctors and sons of lawyers or daughters of lawyers become lawyers it's just it's very common it's very easy for an Italian to sort of just not even consider dating or at least having any kind of serious relationship with a foreigner. And a lot of expats, a lot of American expats who are living in Italy, I've read about and talked about with people that I know, they find that a lot of guys or Italian men are very willing to date them, but not really to have a serious relationship with them. So I think a lot of Italians want to date American girls or British girls or whatever. But to to have a long-term relationship and eventually marry is more rare.
0: Is that because of the perception that American girls will have sex with you more? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think they're also
3: seen as more fun than Italian girls. Italian girls are just a little bit, they're a little difficult, you know? in more ways than one. (laughs) They're a little bit, they're kind of ball breakers. Really? Oh my gosh, they're really jealous. They get angry really easily. But hey, they know how to iron. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm not dissing Italian women at all. But they're a little more difficult than American. I think American women are just, we're just more laid back. We're just kind of more, you know, whatever, and less hard to get. So I think that's probably why they're attracted to American women. But plus, just expats in general, when you're living, and we've talked about this before, when you're living outside of your country, you're more likely to, you know, have an adventure. Right. And not, you know, think about the consequences, especially in your first few years, especially (laughs) if you're a student. So I'm not going to talk about all the reasons men date, Italian men date American or British or Anglo-Saxon women in general, because there are many reasons. But I think the reason that they wouldn't, pursue a long-term relationship is more just tradition and t- just not even thinking of, of that. Just you assume, you picture your life and you picture yourself married to an, an Italian girl, similar to you know your mother, how, or how she was when she was young. Yeah. So I think that the men who don't feel that kind of, and I'm not going to say pressure, because I don't think it's a pressure. I think it's just um, the groove that you get into. I think they necessarily have to be a little bit more open-minded
0: Do you think that Claudio's parents were given pause by the fact that he was thinking about marrying you? No, I don't.
3: I don't think so at all. I think, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. (laughs) And I really hope this doesn't reflect poorly on my father-in-law. Just remember, he's an older man. He's from the south of Italy. He's very old fashioned.
0: Yeah. And him and his wife have a very traditional relationship.
3: Very traditional. Very traditional. They got married when they were very young. They're both from the south. So when Claudia and I started, first of all, I don't want to go too long here, but it's important to know if you don't live in Italy, that most young Italians under 30 are living at home. The only exception would be if for some reason they're already married, which is very unlikely, or if they've moved away, they're not living in their hometown, they've gone away from college or they've, they've moved away to work. Otherwise, they're going to be living at home. And... When Claudia and I started dating, he was in his late 20s. I was in my early 30s. I'm a cradle robber. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Tarek's younger than you? Yeah, by a couple of years. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm an expat. I obviously have my own apartment because I have no parents to live with. And Claudia and I start dating. He's a very private person. He does not talk about his personal life with his family. And if you knew his father, you'd know why.
0: (laughs) why
3: no just because he's incredibly invasive and and nosy (laughs) like again i don't want to sound like i'm dissing my father-in-law i love the man but hey facts are facts facts are facts so anyway so we've been dating for several months now claudio has said not a word about it to his family they've obviously they figured out that he's he's dating someone because he's often gone in the evenings but he's starting to be gone overnight and he's starting to be gone the entire weekend And you know how it is when you're dating someone and you're in the first few, let's say six months of relationship, you want to spend every single moment together. And so, you know, we would spend long weekends together. He wouldn't show up at his parents' house at all. Maybe we'd even go away for a week. So my father-in-law is thinking to himself, if my son were dating a nice single Italian girl, he wouldn't be able to stay overnight because she'd be living with her parents. So where, who is this woman that he's with? Is she divorced? He was convinced that I was a divorced woman with children, much older. (laughs) And and then, okay, so that was the one thing he thought, my son's dating an older divorcee with kids. (laughs) This is how his mind works. He just like jumps to what in his mind is the worst case scenario. Although I don't think that being a divorcee with kids is so bad but apparently he did for his 28-year-old son. Uh. But then Claudio also happened to have a friend at the time who was dating a Brazilian girl and this friend was desperately trying to find a way to get his Brazilian girlfriend legal status to live in Italy. And unlike Americans who kind of fly under the radar if you're Brazilian it's much harder. You really have to have those legal documents if you want to be in Italy and work. So My father-in-law knows a lot of people in the Italian government in bureaucracy who will pull strings and find ways to deal with these kinds of situations if they can. And so Claudio asked him, and he said, listen, I have this friend who has this Brazilian girlfriend, (laughs) (laughs) and he really needs to help find a way to get her legal. So now my (laughs) father-in-law thinks not only is he dating an older divorcee with kids, but she's Brazilian. (laughs) And again, uh, in his mind, this was a negative thing, I'm sorry to say. But so he was basically losing it. And my mother-in-law later, much later, told me the story of how he was losing his mind about who his son had been entangled by and trapped by. And so when finally Claudio decided that he wanted me to meet his family, well, first... I met his sister. It was like, they had, he had to like ease me in. First, I met his sister and we met for a drink out. She had been dating a guy for three years. Their parents knew nothing about. They knew nothing about the guy. So you can see this is a pattern. So first I met the sister. Then I went over for dinner, but it was when the dad was out of town. And Claudia was like, no, you can't meet my dad yet. You can't meet him yet. He's not ready to meet you. He didn't know anything about me, didn't know any details. So then I went to dinner and I met the mom and, uh, and the other sister. Then finally the time came when he was like, okay, it's time. And we went out for a coffee with his dad. I remember him telling me before we met, my dad is going to hate you. Oh. But don't worry, he'll eventually come to love you. No pressure. But first he will hate you. And the reason that he said this was because at the time I was working as an unauthorized tour guide. Mm. I was doing things that, you know, couldn't have gotten me arrested, but could definitely have gotten me major fines and a big slap on the wrist.
0: Yes. And given that Claudio's father's background, what what was his job before he retired?
3: Well, he was a police commissioner. Right. So (laughs) I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, he's going to hate me. Oh, my gosh. You know, I was also living in Italy illegally. So I had these two big strikes against me.
0: Did you think he was going to bring the hammer down on you? I I didn't
3: know what to think. But all I know is (laughs) being an illegal alien and being an illegal tour guide was not as bad as being a Brazilian divorcee with kids, (laughs) according to my father-in-law, because he loved me. (laughs) And the second that he saw that I was young, and I mean, I wasn't even that young, I was like, 31.
0: Yeah, but you look super young.
3: I looked younger than I was, you know. Yeah. He was in love. He was so relieved I didn't have kids, you know, that I wasn't divorced.
0: And yeah, so why did I tell you that story? But it still doesn't explain why Claudia would be not traditional in the same way that his parents are.
3: Yes, but the question, but the reason that I told you this story, and I know it was a long tangent, but hopefully an enjoyable one. But the reason was because you said were his parents freaked out when he was thinking about marrying you yeah but by that time by the time we got engaged I had become very very close with the family already we cared about each other and they knew that their son loved me and so there was no issue the fact that I was American was not an issue at all for them now if I had been from somewhere else in the world I don't know how they would have reacted I'd like to hope that they would have had the same reaction but I you know I don't know
0: Okay, so but it still doesn't explain why would Claudio be more progressive than his very traditional parents, which, you know, honestly is a question that we all could ask. My parents are very progressive, but I would say that the structure of their marriage has been very traditional in my growing up. Unlike Estrella, who says her parents always divided everything equally, my parents were a little bit more along the traditional lines, where when we were little kids, my mom was home, my father was working, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera even though my mom did go back to work once we got older. But I think along the lines that they would be pointed at as traditional too, whereas, you know, Derek and I obviously are not very traditional. But still, turning the question back to Claudio. Um, Claudio has always
3: been fascinated with American culture, and actually he gets this from his parents, partially at least. Both of his parents, and I think it's a common thing in Italy actually, just, you know, the fascination with America and American culture and American pop culture, just like... Americans are very fascinated with Italian culture. Mm -hmm. But I think his parents were even more so. His mother grew up in Naples, where there is a very, very large American naval base. And so there's a lot of Americans in Naples. And she used to see the sailors and just had this kind of romantic idea about Americans. My father-in-law, his father, was apparently headhunted by an American film director back in the 40s, said, come to America, I'll make you a star. And he said, no. No. (laughs) He said, no, I'm staying in Italy, thank you. Jeez. Yeah. This story, of course, my father-in-law is very proud of. (laughs) So I think that they always had a little bit of, I mean, my father-in-law sits and reads all the great classic American novels, Steinbeck and Hemingway and all of this stuff. And so I think that he grew up in a family where American culture was valued and appreciated. And the things that interest him, like his personal hobbies and passions, I think are connected to the United States. I think that's just him. It's, it's just his personality. It's his his curiosity about the world. He's curious about other cultures in general. He's He's also very, very fascinated with Japanese culture and would love to spend time there studied karate very seriously his whole life and so I think he's just an open-minded person he loves to travel uh his parents he did not get that from his parents his his mother went on an airplane for the very first time when we went to the states five years ago Mm -hmm. he didn't get that from his parents but somehow you know and but that happens um my mother as I've talked about before she did not grow up traveling at all she grew up in a very poor family and all of a sudden around 40 years old, around the time she got divorced, she was just all of a sudden like, hey, I'm gonna start traveling. And now she's obsessed. Uh, and she's been all over the world. Yeah. So sometimes these things are just born within us and it's not something that comes from someone else and it just it just happens. And I don't know how to explain that.
0: Well, since as this episode comes out, Easter was yesterday, mm-hmm. even though it has no relation at all to what we're <laughs> talking about. Since we are talking about tradition, I was curious, it might be interesting for people to know, since they just celebrated Easter, or some of them did anyway, what is an Easter celebration in Italy like? What are the traditions behind it?
3: Well, all, like everything in Italy depends on where you are. There are different traditions in different parts of the country. Since my in-laws are from the South, we sort of celebrate the Southern traditions. Like all Italian holidays, it's all about food. It's kind of like America too, but especially in Italy. And so it's really not that different. You go to church and you have a big meal. The one thing that I've not seen so much here is the Easter egg hunt. I do that because I'm obviously, you know, I have a kid, so I'm going to do the Easter egg hunt no matter what. But I've never seen any kind of Easter egg hunt happening around here. I've also not really seen the egg painting. I was so excited to paint eggs last year and I went to the supermarket and of course I didn't think about it. there are no white eggs. At the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, that's right. they're all brown. Oh, do you have any white eggs? like no. So that didn't really work out. Um, <laughs> but here's another thing that's different, which I, I really hate. One of the things I love about in the States is that you get dressed up. And that you wear pastel colors.
0: Mm-hmm. I
3: just love that about Easter. Wearing like a pale pink suit or a pear yellow, pale yellow something. Here it's just like any other day. And they just wear black, like a black jacket. Like it's the middle of winter. So I don't like that.
0: What about the Easter bunny?
3: Um, oh, here's something that they do. They buy these ginormous chocolate eggs. That is what Italians do. Ginormous. Some of them are like as big as you. They have them in the coffee shops and in the supermarkets, these huge hollow chocolate eggs. And inside of them, there's always something. And so you buy them based on like who you're buying for. So like there's kid ones and there's the boy ones and the girl ones and I suppose unisex ones that have a little toy inside. and then you can buy them for you know, older kids and they might have like a necklace or something. Uh, and some people will even have a chocolate egg made buy a chocolate shop and have like um, the engagement ring put inside of it they will do that or some other kind of fancy present and this is what you really see everywhere these huge chocolate eggs so not so much Easter bunny I mean yes you know you might see a bunny around but there's not like the Easter bunny who leaves eggs and you have to find them there's some traditional Easter desserts one of them that my mother-in-law makes is the pastiera which is Neapolitan it's really rich I don't don't tell her I don't really like it. It's like very eggy and dense pie. There's also something called the colomba, which is a cake that looks like a dove. And yeah, I mean, I don't really think more than that. I don't think there is anything. The great thing about Eastern Italy is that the Monday after Easter is a holiday, always. So that's called Pascueta, which literally means Little Easter. And the tradition on Little Easter is to have a picnic. Oh. So I usually prefer Pascueta over Pasqua. But it always rains. For some reason, it's like always rains on Pascueta. But the idea is you take a picnic in the park and or in the countryside, just out of town if you can manage it, and um, just have a relaxing day.
0: Oh, sounds nice. Well, we'll leave it there, and hopefully everybody who did celebrate Easter yesterday had a very relaxing day. Or, if they're in Italy, are having a very relaxing day today, if you're listening on the day of the actual show.
3: Yeah. take the Use it as an excuse to take the day off and go have a picnic.
0: Yeah. Regardless of when you hear this show, take the day off tomorrow and have a picnic. <laughs> uh, again, thank you to our intern, Estrella Gomez, for proposing this topic and for being willing to come on the show and weigh in. You can find her at lacasabloga.com. And uh, thanks to all of you for sending us your ideas and your emails. You can always write us at com and find us on social media by searching for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, maybe five stars if you like the show. It will help other people discover that we exist. Thank you you're the best.
1: Thanks to Stackery for supporting this program. Stackery is the global leader in international parcel forwarding from the United States. With Stackery, even though you live abroad, you can shop at your favorite U.S. retailers at prices up to 80% less than directly from the store. Stackery also provides free storage, same-day consolidation of your package, and a tax-free U.S. mailing address. As a Bittersweet Life listener, you can save 10% off your first shipment. Just visit stackery.com and use the coupon code MANJA. That's M A N G I A.